Hey there, and welcome to the Saving Wiz Podcast. I'm your host, Gina Zachariah. I'm a wife, mom of two, personal finance educator, and the OG Saving Wiz. I'm here to help you navigate this world of money so you can afford a life you love. Together, we'll break down dense money topics and translate them into easy-to-digest action steps so you can easily implement them into your life right after every episode. Grab your favorite drink and let's chat about money. Sophia, I am so happy that you are on the show today. I'm so excited to get started with you. Thank you for being here. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and inviting me on. I'm excited too. Yeah, this was definitely something I wanted to talk about in January, especially because with goal setting and resolutions, I feel like a lot of people don't kind of work from the inside out and they set up these goals and resolutions and they don't really fix their habits from the inside through all of the history that they've had with money. So talking about this is super exciting. Me and you have known each other for a really long time. We've known each other since I think like junior high. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) But listeners may not know who you are. So for the listeners that don't know who you are, you guys need to go follow her. But can you share a little bit about yourself and what inspired you to start Mending Roots Therapy and what that is? Yeah. So I'm a licensed clinical social worker by trade. And let's see, for the past... I want to say maybe 13 years, um, I've been working in mental health, providing therapy, mainly in the government system here in LA County. But I actually decided to start my private practice a few years ago when my daughter was two years old. I moved into a more administrative role at the clinic. And I was actually thinking if I start a private practice and it's successful, maybe I can leave my full-time job, Mm. you know? It actually just started off as an experiment. I wanted to see if it could take off, if it could be successful, you know? Super, super scary, but I wanted to do it, especially because I wanted to work with a different population. I wanted to work with people like me, first-generation professional. I'm the first person in my family to have a professional degree, And I knew that I wanted to be of service to those professionals or healthcare professionals, teachers, which is a different population than what I was seeing in the community mental health forum. So I wanted to relate to my clients a little bit more. And like I said, it was just kind of like an experiment. So I remember leasing my first office and thinking, oh my gosh, I'm going to have to pay rent every month. (laughs) Where am I going to get the money? And then I thought, you know, even if I lose, and actually at the time I was paying $300 for rent for my mm. little tiny office. I was like, is $300 a month worth learning this lesson? I love that. Like, that is uh, so inspirational because yeah. I know even people who are listening right now, some of them want to start side hustles with yeah. things that they've been passionate about. And sometimes we're really scared to take that, that leap of faith. And I love that because you're also serving such an underserved section of our population that it's just, it's so needed right now in our society. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I mean, I, I get my cup filled in terms of like helping underprivileged community in my full-time job, but I also thought like, man, who helps the helpers? Oh, I love that. You know? And, um, I mean, I know I needed help and my colleagues needed help. And so, 
I really wanted to branch out into that. But yeah, I think with, you know, the whole money topic and goals, I was like, is losing $300 a month going to be worth it to learn that this is not a good idea? Or is it going to be worth it to learn like, oh my gosh, I did it. Yes. I'm one of those people too, very like scarcity mindset driven because of the way we've grown up. Uh But I'm always like, is this dollar amount that I'm about to spend worth whatever is whatever I'm purchasing? Is it going to bring me joy? Is it going to serve me in some way? Because that's always my mindset is I don't want to spend money. I also don't want to hoard money, but I also don't want to spend money on things that may not be worth it for me. And then I feel like I've wasted my hard earned money, the hours that I've spent. So I'm glad that you took the leap of faith because like I said, I think it's, it's something that definitely our society needs. And I love that helping the helpers. I think that's so awesome. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that's a little bit of what inspired me to and actually also my daughter inspired me because I wanted to show her that it was it's okay to try new things. I'm a scaredy cat by nature and super Mm -hmm. risk averse as well. And so I I wanted her to see me trying these things and and taking risks, but you know, like moderate risk, you know, I didn't sign up calculated, calculated risk. There you go. Like I didn't sign up for the $1,000 office. Right, right, right. You know, you started small and you worked your way up. I always talk about that too, is the small steps really make big impact because you can kind of turn the corner and see what's next and how you can grow rather than try to take big steps. And I talk about that even with money. So when someone is trying to like save for their emergency fund, start really, really, really small, like maybe $15 a week or even $10 a month, whatever it is. So that you can get yourself out of the idea of, oh my gosh, this is a huge mountain yeah. and instead just take one step. So I, I love that you started small with the $300 a month um, yeah. when you weren't really sure if it was going to work or not. One of the reasons that I'm super excited today is money to me is one of those things that uh, a lot of people think it's just a math thing. Like it's just equations. And if you're not good with math, you're not good with money, but it's so much more than that. It's so Mm -hmm. emotional. And a lot of times it's intertwined with the way we grew up and how we saw our parents and being aware of those emotions and the mentality that we carry. Can you talk more deeply about how this connection plays out and kind of share your thoughts on how we can work toward having a more positive relationship with our money. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this, we can have a whole series just on this alone. I know. Because <laughs> and we just, may. <laughs> and we may. Yeah. Um, because it comes up in so many different ways, but yeah, absolutely. Money and money issues are definitely tied to our emotions in so many ways. Um, you know, a lot of the, the majority of my work has been with disenfranchised and underrepresented folks under the poverty line. And, and growing up in poverty myself, it gives me firsthand relatability of how that equals to stress, especially if you don't have enough of it. Right. People are treated differently because of the presumed money they have or don't. Money issues can be super traumatic. And, and there's a strong relationship between money and our sense of worthiness, too, um, yes. in our society that's, you know, capitalistic. And, and then there's, there's money and then the fear of scarcity. Mm-hmm. You know, and then also our money and the connection with our need to to grind and money and success. And what yes. does that mean? So, I mean, there's so many different avenues that we could go here. But yeah, it's definitely tied to a lot of what we experience and even the expectations that society might have for us. Yeah. And even just the the idea of 
showing our success. I talk about this a lot is showing our success through our possessions, through the car that we drive and the purse that we wear and the clothes and the designer stuff that we buy. A lot of times we may not even have that money, but we do that because we've been taught that, like you said, we're looked at or treated a certain way based on what our income status is. Mm -hmm. And so we have to kind of sometimes fake it so that we're treated as a higher level member of society where that stuff really doesn't matter to us. And so we're not actually buying those things out of joy. We're buying those things out of almost a necessity because we feel like this is something we have to do. Yeah. I just had this experience just yesterday. I went to the optometrist and you know, they had all the designer uh, frames and I was like, um, do you have some, where's your cheapest section? You know, yes, like the more economical, but they're not named brand. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I think a lot of it has to do with our attachment to the status symbol or what we want people to, to believe about us or see in us, you know, thoughts about having a positive relationship with money. Oh my God, this can go so many different ways, you know, (laughs) and it's a hard one, especially in a capitalistic society like ours, you know, and when worthiness is tied to like achievements and how much money we have. In fact, I was doing a little bit of research about how do we measure one's worthiness and working with clients who are like, I'm just not good enough. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I search after search, you know, magazine article after another, a lot of the suggestions were tied to like, well, what did you accomplish? What did you learn? And I was like, wow, this is even in just like popular media. And I thought that's really problematic because our worthiness comes from being a human being, period. Amen. You know, so um, that relieves the pressure too. When you say it that way, it it makes you feel like, okay, I'm already enough. Whatever is, whatever I do more than that is like the cream on top. Right, right. At the same time, if someone were to come to me seeking to heal their relationship with money, I would I would ask them what their goals and values are first. You know, values are these things that are that are really important things in our lives. Um, like here we're talking about like connection or happiness or joy, these like big concepts, right? Um, and I talk to my clients about valued living, meaning living a life that's aligned to what's most important. So, um, and, and here's the thing that in, in life, these important things that they're going to change, Yes, you know, because our circumstances change, like maybe in our twenties, it was all about joy (laughs) Mm -hmm. and and living, you know, and, and being spontaneous. And maybe in our forties, if we have, you know, family obligations, it's going to change to maybe connection or health. Right. Yes. Um, And so once you can identify like, no, in actuality, I have decided I want to live a long life, a long, healthy life with lots of quality, then we're going to, then we're going to talk about taking steps to get closer to that value, to that goal. Mm. Right. And so if for someone, it's like, um, I, my debt makes, you know, gives me so much stress and, and in life I value peace or I value being able to sleep at night, you know, then we're going to say, okay, what's going to get us a little bit closer this week at tackling your debt. 
And then maybe that's where we talk about building a budget. So for me, it really starts there, identifying what their goals, but then life values are. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. I think this is the thing that also makes such a big difference because right now we're in January and it's like the month of goal setting and resolutions (laughs) and everyone is like, putting all of this pressure on themselves to have this arbitrary month just be the start, the fresh start to like completely revamping so many parts of their life. But they, I don't think many people stop and pause to do exactly what you're saying in that, okay, what are my goals? What are my values? Yeah. What, what do I want to prioritize for the year of 2022? What do I want to see happen in my life? So like you're saying about debt, because a lot of times too, I, I get students all the time who say, I want to pay off debt. But then when it gets really hard or it gets really challenging, it's really easy for them to fall off the wagon. And the reason is they don't have that why, like you're saying, mm-hmm. the actual priority, they don't have that ingrained in their goal. Yeah. And so as soon as a challenge comes through or they have to face something that they're not sure how to move forward with, they just give up and they're just like, back to where they were in their original lifestyle. And I think having that really set standard of, no, I want to get out of debt because I want to have more financial security. I want to be able to, like you said, sleep at night. I don't want to have any more piling bills on my kitchen Mm -hmm. table. I'm tired of stressing about where I'm going to get this money next month. You know, all of those things are much more powerful to get you to move forward in a goal than just writing out a goal. Right, right. Yeah. And so some people, maybe they're saving up for their dream home or their first home. Um, Maybe some people, some families, uh, the picture they have is, you know, their child graduating from college. And so, like, I have people identify, like, what are these things? And let's, let's get pictures of them. If they draw, draw it out, you know, or kind of like this mission statement too. No, no, no. It's for my vacation, that vacation home, (laughs) that's going to give me the self care or, you know, whatever. But I do think it's really important to really assess what their relationship with money is currently, because one person can have a negative relationship with money and just save, 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 and never spend it on like joy, self care, Mm. because they're fearing that they're going to lose it all. Other people, Maybe they spend, 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 spend on impulse and don't prioritize, you know, these big ticket items like vacations, uh, massages, out-of-pocket medical expenses, like dental therapy, acupuncture, Mm. you know, like what I call boring self-care, but very necessary. Yes. (laughs) So my advice is to um, really identify what's important to you. That's one part. But then also, what are the biggest barriers right now to life and joy that's surrounding the money? Mm. And then take those super small steps toward that one value, whether it means investing in yourself and spending a little bit of money, or it means cutting back and drinking coffee at home instead of Starbucks so that you save that money. Yes. See, that's the thing. I I totally agree with you. I think a lot of times people hear financial experts say, drink your coffee at home. And they're like, oh my gosh, my coffee is not going to make that big of a difference in my savings. And it's not really the coffee that they're talking about. It's really to look at, okay, what are the things that I'm spending money on right now that I don't necessarily feel that much joy from, or it's very, very short-lived. 
versus if I save that money and I make that coffee at home, can I use that money for something that is going to bring me more joy or a much more permanent peace of mind, right? And as we're talking about goals and resolutions, and you just said something that just triggered a thought and I got really excited, Mm -hmm. you talked about barriers. And I find that we have this inner critic. And I know that especially like students that I've coached, a lot of times they say things like, I'm broke. I'm not good with money. I just don't know how to budget. They have this inner critic that is constantly Mm -hmm. telling them the things they cannot do with money, the things they don't know how to do or are not capable of doing. How do we break through that barrier or break through those mental scripts that cause this barrier between us and really thriving with our money? Yeah. For me, my biggest tool is self-compassion to Mm. start. It saves the day every single day. And with self-compassion, I'll break it down a little bit here. We're acknowledging the difficult and being tender with ourselves, not to feel better or change, but because we're in a moment of inner conflict and critique with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So a lot of people are like, I just want to be in my angry feelings and let me be in my angry feelings. I don't want you to make me feel better. And so no, the idea of self-compassion is actually no, listen, because you're going, you're having a hard time right now is the reason why you have to be gentle and tender with yourself. Mm -hmm. So we can say, well, I always do this. I always coach my clients to deep breath, put their hand over their heart or wherever on their body that feels like the most tender and compassionate and say like, man, this is really hard right now. Mm. It's hard when I'm beating myself up about not being good with money or being in debt. It's hard when that thought or those feelings come up. It's acknowledging it, right? It's acknowledging it. That's Mm. the thing. If we want to change anything, first we have to acknowledge it and assess it. Like what what do we have in front of us, Mm. right? And then with that same tenderness that we treat a sick puppy or or a sick child or or a best friend or a family member do that to ourselves because I'm struggling right now. This is why I need to be good to myself. Mm. Or like, man, I'm having that thought again about not being good with budgeting it's so hard when this voice chimes in thanks brain thanks brain by the way yes (laughs) like and then like I'm in it this hurts let me be tender with myself let me be good and take care of myself because I'm down right now and then when we do that then we can do the you know just because budgeting doesn't come naturally to me doesn't mean I can't learn let me put on the money podcast Yes. Let me revisit my habit tracker to see what I can save on today. Let me make something yummy from the pantry. You know, Mm. let me make some, some chicken soup always soothes me and reminds me to be good to myself. And that's the other thing too, that being okay with uncertainty is the biggest task and money can definitely be uncertain depending on your line of work or the economy or hello the pandemic Mm. so really being able to hold compassion for yourself in the throes of that anxiety can really help self-compassion is gonna beat out self-esteem on the you know the self-esteem stuff that hails like you're a badass you got this you know when we're feeling really down it misses the mark completely Mm. but self-compassion is always true i'm having a hard time this is hard this sucks. Let me be good to myself. I love that. I love that. And you're right. That self-motivation that you can tell yourself really dies down very quickly. That's why they always say discipline over motivation, because sometimes you're going to have motivation for a little bit, but it really 
it's one of those like fake friends. <laughs> like it just <laughs> once you're yeah. in a struggle, it's like it's gone. It's not there. But you're right. I've never thought about it that way. And that self-compassion really is such a tool that many of us do not use. And I love the way that you compared it to caring for a puppy or your best mm-hmm. friend or your child. You would never say those things to them. You would never say, you're never going to be good with money. You're horrible with budgeting. You don't know how to save to save your life. You would never say that. But a lot of times we say that to ourselves. And I love the way that you kind of gave us a great way to, to shift that so that next time we do have that thought, there's a way out of it. I love that. Yeah. And that's the thing that actually acceptance and being in acceptance of our feelings in the present moment, actually paradoxically opens the door for us to problem solve or come up with a solution because Mm. we're no longer like, no, 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 it's not happening. It's not happening. I don't see it. It's like, this is what I have in front of me. I imagine you probably acceptance of like, how much do I actually owe? Like, it's that part, right? Because (laughs) if you don't know, then you can't come up with a plan to tackle it. So with the emotional part, it's the Let's open up the envelopes and see what emotion we have in front of us to accept them and be like, okay, this is what we have. What can we do about it? I love that. I absolutely love that. And speaking of mental scripts and like self-care and self-love, I know you have a freebie for us today, right? I do. Yes. So, I mean, it goes very much in line with what we're talking about with the compassion. It's a downloadable principle that you can use. It's called um, New Year's Resolutions for the Soul. And it's actually not about diet culture, not about achievements per se, but it's really about like nurturing the self and being compassionate with ourselves. So it's almost like it's self-care checklists. So it is. With New Year's resolutions, it's about being better and mm. than the year before and proving our worthiness. But this checklist is more like just being really gentle with yourself and trying new things for the purpose of the value of joy or things that don't align necessarily with like having to purchase things, but just like being good to yourself, Mm. um, knowing how you just soothe yourself internally so that we don't have to go to like substances or shopping, you know? Um, Mm. But, but also, you know, for those of us (laughs) who have a hard time spending on ourselves. I love it. I'm definitely going to have it linked to the show notes. So anyone that's listening right now, if you want to grab this freebie, also, where can they find you? Because you know what? I have to have this become a series because after having this chat with you, (laughs) I feel like this is not even scratching the surface of all of the things that we can discuss and talk about with when it comes to money and mentality, because there's so much to dive into. So I think I really do want to make this a series with you. But for now, for the listeners that are listening, I am sure they want to know more about you and they want to follow you. Where's the best place for them to find you? For now, I would say I do have two Instagram accounts for the therapy account um, on Instagram. It's at Mending Roots Therapy. And for my shop account where I, you know, sell some of my journals, self-help stuff, it's at Mending Roots Shop. Awesome. And I'll make sure I link those in the show notes as well so they can find you easily. Sophia, this has been an amazing chat. I'm so happy that you were here. Thank you so much for taking the time to spend with me today and like really 
diving deep into this discussion all about money and mental health and how to really get them to work better together so that we can thrive with both. Yeah. 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 I love that. Well, uh, thank you for having me and I'm here whenever you want to chat again. Awesome. And I want to thank you for being with us while we have this really important chat about getting your mind right so that you can start thriving with your money in a way that makes sense to you. That's all for today. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. And if you leave a review, I'll love you forever. Remember, today is yours. So make it count. I'll see you in the next one. Bye for now.